Hi guys, welcome back to the Original Judo Podcast. This week we are talking about the Uzbekistan, the Tashkent Grand Slam. I'm joined, as I have been the last few episodes, by the one and only Fitzroy Davis. Fitz, how you doing? All right, James, not too bad. We're here again. Round three? Yes. Round, round three. I caught a bit yeah. less of the, the judo this time round, and I, I think you were out fishing. So uh, did, you, yeah, did you see much yeah. of the judo? Not really. There was a few incidences, but um, I got to see some of those, and we're going to be talking about those anyway. I was really glad about Amy Livesey picking up a, a bronze medal. It was a long time coming, Amy, but it's about time. So uh, she put a cat amongst the pigeons now because now she's opened Pandora's box. Uh, everybody who's behind now, we're going to try and catch her up. Yeah, so, as you say, phenomenal good. result for Amy, um, picking up the bronze medal. Do you think she's the favourite now for the games? Or do you think you've still got the two other girls, Lulu and Lucy, in the, in the chase as well, both in qualification positions? There was only 250 points between them now. The pressure is back on the other two. So the other two now have got to find a medal from somewhere just to get back into the race. I think whoever takes the next medal will be then in the race with Amy. Whoever's going to the Europeans, I think they'll be battling it out there. And then I think that's where it's going to be. Won or lost is going to be there. So looking at the results, seeing some of the judo from the finals, there was, a, I think, a good mix of like traditional judo and I think as expected in, in Uzbekistan, some more unorthodox stuff. I know personal little highlight for me was that kind of drop knee Ouchi that the Italian boy did in the final and the semi-final of the 81 kilos. I quite like that bit of an unorthodox take on a traditional mm. bit of judo. Um, mm. Saw the return of a couple of leg grabs as well, Fitz. Uh, on the 57 kilos on the one day, didn't get picked up in the final. And then the following day, I think mm, it, it was the, the, the straw that brought the camels back was the penalty that meant the Kazakhstani boy, Shmagalov, was yeah. disqualified. Um, what did, you, what did yeah. you think of the refereeing overall? What did you think of the, those decisions? Uh, again... It's down to the supervisors. It's the supervisors, not down to the referee. Right. We only get, as spectators or as coaches or whatever, you only get one chance, yeah? Now, the supervisors or the people who are watching the screen, they can play it back and rewind and play it back and rewind. And they can see if there's a problem or not. And then they can give the decision. Now, we have the same problem with VR. With the football, is it a fine line or isn't a fine line? Is it so? I think so they've got to go back and really fine tune what they're looking at and what they're going to score or they're going to penalize people for because it's gray areas a little bit. Because the girl throws with a leg grab and then wins from it, and then you get somebody else gets disqualified from it. So, you know, does it weigh, does it balance itself up? No, it doesn't because it's still wrong either way. So they need to get it right for Tokyo. I wouldn't want to see a fight where something like that happened and then it's controversial. Controversial? Controversial. Controversial. Controversial that um, you want the right person to win. It's teetering problems, you could call it, because the last event was, you know, you didn't know what to score, what is a score. This one now, you know, Still the same, you don't know what a score, what is a score, but then what a leg grab and what's a not a leg grab, you know, because 
I watched one of a fight of one of one of the players, and she had the hand on the girl's hip. She should have had a penalty. Nobody's seen it. I've seen mm. it, but they never gave her a penalty. But they gave her a penalty for somebody something else. So it was controversial because she was upset. She was having a two 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 or two about it, and she was upset. And then you know, and I could hear what she was saying. So. The rule is the rule. If they're going to use the rules, they use the rules. But don't pick and choose when to give penalties and not to give penalties. You know what I mean? When they're supposed to give a penalty, they give the penalty. We could watch a fight and then you go, well, that's a Shido. And the referees will go, a Jimmy. And you go, huh? And then a couple later on, the fight will carry on. And then they'll give a Shido and you go, what they give that for? So, you know what I mean? So I don't know what the referees supervisors are watching because I know mm. what I'm watching I think that speaks you know? to the 57's final um, than anything yeah. because watching it and listening to the commentator who picked up the leg grab straight away it was really clear like coachy mm-hmm. ankle pick um, knocks the girl mm-hmm. down then finishes with the strangle it's hard to see how they missed that but they clearly picked it up after the day and had spoken to the referees because the, the little knockdown the following day, I thought was a lot of, in the 73s finals, a lot less clear, a lot less clear cut. Mm. Again, if you're going to give the benefit of the doubt, when the boy's on two Shidos and has scored the throw effectively, that might be the time to go no score, but no Shido. We'll let the fight continue. If that's what you're looking mm. for. Do you know what they could do? This is something what they can look at the IJF or whether if they're doing the the coach or the referee seminars, doing more of a video from the the um, supervisors' eyes mm. and what they're looking for. You know what I mean? So you're a spectator. If you watch yeah. a football, you know what offside and what's not offside. Yeah. You know what's a foul, and what's not a foul. You know, you know what I mean? It's direct, and I know they maybe do that, but I think they need to be more clear cut mm. so coming into those games you want everybody knowing what's a score what's not a score is that a penalty or not but when something does happen everybody knows why the person's getting that penalty or getting that thing but sometimes it can things happen like that and then you go well was that a score or why did they get that penalty so i just feel that you know something like that they could do so strong Japanese team turned out, not some number ones, number twos, number threes, I think, the strength of the Japanese, and they, they came on with a decent haul, nine golds. Um, I thought it was a bit of an unusual team. Again, such a wide number of players. Were you surprised by the results that they came back with? And were there any of those players there that you'd like to see maybe in that Olympic team? I'm thinking the likes of 60 kilos or the plus 100 kilo boys um, both maybe missed out very closely. Both maybe um, 100 kilo boy Kagura was the one who beat Teddy. Mm-hmm. Obviously hadn't had a huge amount of international success. Whereas the guy who got picked, Harasawa, had had that level of success, um, mm-hmm. but hadn't beat Teddy. And now missed out on selection and the Japanese have said that they're going to stick with their selections. Is there anyone there that you you think could have been in that first team? Do you think they've made any? Do you think they've made any mistakes? If the games was in twenty when it was supposed to be, people who that selected would have been fighting the team. What they got now, realistically, maybe the sixty six mm. was up and going because 
Abby and Miriam, you know, that was, but the rest of it, I think the, um, the rest of what they selected was a strong team. And they've come back to that nearly again. Now, the 60 kilo boy is now firing on fire. I've seen this, I've seen this tactics happen before. It could be added pressure in the wrong way. Like you've got the people who are selected and then you've got people who are trying to um, like justify their yes, justify their position. Mm. Oh, justify. Well, I can go to the games as well and blah, blah, blah. And really and truly, if it was me and I've selected a team, I would have said, right, on the basis of you going to all these events, doesn't matter if you win this event or that event, you're not going to the games because we're saving the people to fight for the games, for the, for the games. But to help your development and help you progress more, this is what you get. That's what I would have been saying to do. We tend not to do that sometimes. We've done this in Britain where players are, you know, and then next minute somebody else does it, has a little good run and then they, they want to, oh, well, yeah, they want to change everything when it's too late, when it, you know. I it may be what the Japanese team are doing. You know, you have got the world championships just after the games. Um, mm. So this this might be the world's team that they're looking at or some, yeah. some of these guys. Yeah. You've also got the fact, the COVID factor. You've only got to get a an outbreak of COVID. And I, I don't know where the IGF stand or where the IOC stand. If there's, let's say, a, a couple of the Japanese team get COVID before the games and have to withdraw, can't compete, are they in a position to call up their next athlete in line, their reserve? No. You qualify the weight. They've got, oh, they've got automatic oh, qualification. They're the whole nation. Automatic qualification, yes. I see what you're saying. Um. I don't know. That's a good question. Is it, is it worth their reserves staying in shape? So Mariyama hasn't been selected, yeah. but potentially mm-hmm. it's only a case of COVID away from going, actually, and that is, there's never been anything like that before. Why? If, if, if the certain players in the Japanese team got COVID, somebody done some sabotage in there, boy, somebody must have put something <laughs> in the team. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, they'll be like, I ain't drinking nothing. I drink nothing around you guys because <laughs> hey, <laughs> my place. So um, yeah, um, yeah, you're right. But that could happen. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Coming away from the the Japanese team, um, the Uzbek mm. team had another really strong showing. Uh, I think six six medals in total. Another four or five like places. Do we, is this the Iliadis effect? Are those guys going to be in with a shout of? Medals in the summer, like the 81 boy, Boltoboyev? Yeah, I think it's Iliadis. We nearly had him as one time as a coach in Britain a couple of years ago when there was thinking about um, when um, Denzine was involved. I'm sure it was on about Iliadis and coming in as a coach and whatever, but um, I didn't think he had enough coaching experience or something like that. That's what there was one of the things, whatever. Like but um, yeah, he's, he's gone. His style. His style of judo, you can see in the athletes. Because when he was fighting, he was flair. He used to do the big pickup. So when you look at the players, what they're doing now, they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same flair, the throwing. So, yeah, it's going to rub off. The star's going to rub off. And, yeah, it, it probably will work for them. Because they're going to be the new team to watch out. Because at the moment, that's what everybody's talking about. Uzbekistan, they're strong. Yeah, they are strong. They've got good fighters across the board. So, yeah. The eight to one, yeah. Again, 
He's nice. Good guy. I call him the bear because he's, yeah. Strong. Yeah. Strong. But to be fair, he's got good judo as well. It's easy to look at him and, and say he's just uh, looking for the pickup, looking for the counter, which he does a lot. But he's also got, you know, a decent Taitoshi that he can uh, pop out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's... Um, he's using the, the, the situation of the rules to his advantage. It was just like Kataguruma when everybody said, oh, Kataguruma came out. Everyone was going, oh, the Russians won't be able to do judo. And then they came out, started doing Tayatoshi, Uchimata, also. So they can do judo. So it's just at this moment, if that style what works, that's what they will progress and do. Mm. So from here, we're uh, we're moving on. Uh, Tbilisi mm-hmm. is the next Grand Prix. And I think we, we talked about it before. Quite like to start doing a rundown of who we think the medal hopefuls are uh, ahead of uh, Tokyo. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll maybe start the lightweights and, and, and work our way up. So I think that's where the podcast is going to go in the next few weeks. Um, just before we wrap up, I wanted to say, uh, I know we missed it on the last episode. It was really fresh. But uh, obviously Ben Fletcher, who appeared on the podcast way back on episode 11, had a really nasty injury um, in Tel Aviv. Um, we wish him all the best on his, his rehab and uh, I think hopefully that'll be be going well for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel bad because we didn't get really to say anything about Ben and he got injured and whatever. And I'm thinking, yeah, because he's, he's got a fishing venue, you see. And um, boy, I've got to go there sooner or later. And I thought, oh, oh he would have he, he killed me. He would have said, oh, you only know me now. So, you know me. So I have to just make sure, Ben, I, I, I hear you. So I'll make sure I'll, I'm here now, Ben. I've got you. Hope his speedy recovery, Ben. Ben, get well soon, mate. Um, yeah. I heard that he's walking. I think he's had an operation now. So I, I'm, okay. I'm just hearing he's had, an, he's had an operation or I think because somebody sent me something that they'd seen him walking on his leg. On the, so I think he's up and walking now. Oh, that's really positive news. We'll see you back here in a few weeks for go over the results for Tbilisi and then uh, start getting some stuff together about where we see the medals going for Tokyo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to start doing some research, some real research. <laughs> are we going the whole group or are we going say top sixteen? That's probably a level of research I haven't got in me. I'll make I'll manage the top four. Yeah. I'll manage the top four. <laughs> no, I'm going top eight. I like it. Top eight. Um we go, we, I think we go from the uh, the seat like the the rep the, 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 the seat. Yeah, what you think they are. Go for it. I'll be interested to get your take on that. Anyway, thanks for joining the show again. Regular contributor, co-host. I mean, yeah, let's, let's go that far. Co-host. Um, oh, co-host. All oh, right. Okay. You're, you're part of All it right. now. You're inveigled. Um, guys, if you enjoyed the show, please let us know. Leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, we'll catch you soon. Okay. And bye.